Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. How many of you excited about Easter morning? Well, you know, th- this morning, I just want to, I want to really get right into the word. If you would turn with me the book of Revelations and you go, what revolution? I had one guy one time, you mean the book of revolution? I said, that's exactly what needs to happen in your life, a revolution. And, uh, you know, really when you think about revelations and particularly this, this chapter, it's really going on about a battle that's taking place in the heavenlies and what's taking place for us. And how many of you know, there is a battle for our souls and for every one of us that we know that when we've got given our lives to Jesus, there's a change that's taking place on the inside of us. And so I just want to begin to read in verse 10. But before I do, can we just pray? Father, I thank you this morning for everyone here this morning. What a beautiful crowd. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for every person here this morning. I thank you that you love every person in this room, no matter how they feel, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they've experienced this week, no matter the struggles that they face, God, you love them. And Lord, we, we realize that Resurrection Sunday is all about that you broke hell, death, and the grave for our lives. That God, you were willing to die for us and to give us victory where we could not do it ourselves. And Lord, we thank you and we love you because you first showed your expression of love toward us. And we just bless you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak to everyone here, no matter the condition of their heart, that, God, we would leave here hopeful. And, God, believing, God, that you can do anything in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Verse 10, it says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, "Now, Now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. You know, the accuser comes day and night and brings condemnation. But can I just say something? Easter's come. And and what does that mean? Jesus fought the battle that we could never, ever win. And he won it. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Jesus defeated the bitter sting of sin And death without the cross and without the resurrection, the hope of being overcomers in the world wouldn't even exist. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God that he came. So let's look and and let these words ring uh, true to your ears today. Sin and death in the grave are defeated. Say it with me. Sin, death and the grave are defeated. And through Jesus, you become an overcomer. And what does that mean? I know many of us hear these words and you think, well, that's nice, but Pastor Bubba, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know how far I've gone. You don't know this. 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 You don't. Ha- you don't know the hole that's so deep in my soul that it's been dug, and I've. I believe the the things that have gone on, and I have a hard time. I believe this. Satan whispers in your ear, "You're not worthy to be blessed." Not only that, you're not good enough to be used. Please understand me. I want you to understand this, is that the difference between condemnation from what the enemy gives and the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings is totally different. You see, the condemning work of Satan always pushes us away from God. It's like the push. It's like, you know what? You're not going to make it. You're, you, we know what family you're from. We know where you've been. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, what does he do? He always draws us closer to God. See, the co- condemnation of the enemy always is about self. Say it with me. Say self. He wants to get your eyes on you. Where everything around you becomes blurry around you. So you just get your... How many of you know we live in a selfie world? It's all about self. 
You know, it's not about if you get a, a little connection on your phone and it says like, God already loves you. Don't worry about what other people, if they like you, your little picture, your little crazy thing, you're driving, taking pictures, that's crazy. Be, keep your eyes on the wheel. Thank you all. All right. You know, it's, it's just, they see the conviction of the Spirit is always about, let me tell you, it's about forgiveness. Going, about going on, about God's glory and His God's grace. Let me just say it again. Sin, death, and the grave are defeated. And through Jesus, you can overcome. See, the, sin, the sting of sin and death have overcome, were overcome at the resurrection. In other words, when Jesus took on my sin, your sin, and He broke the power of that, and He rose from the grave, that means that it was like He was dead. He was dead. You know, people go, where did he go for three days? He went and took the keys from the enemy and hell. And he said, no longer do you have the keys or authority over people's lives anymore, but I have come to take it back. And so what happens is when you allow God to put his power, just like the key in ignition, and you turn it. All you got to do is you turn your life over to God and say, God, I can't do this. I don't know what makes a spark work. I'm not a mechanic, but I just, I get in my vehicle and I'm just trusting there's going to be power there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so what happens is, is, is that no matter how far you've drifted or what evils come in, you know, there's no sin that blots out the power of what Easter does. It's not allowed bunny hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity Easter's on its way. It's Jesus broke. Through, he, the rock was turned. He broke out of the grave. He appeared to people. He shared with people. People touched him. He ate with people. He, he brought deliverance to people. He brought hope. Amen. If there's any hope that he can bring, I think about Peter. I mean, he denied him three times. And the first one, hey, where's Peter? You see, I believe that. Y'all with me? You're depre- Let me just say this. Your depressed, emotional state doesn't nullify the power of resurrection and the power that Easter brings. You know, I believe this. So, so how do we overcome, Pastor Bubba? I love when y'all ask good questions at this church. How, how, do, we, how do we overcome sin when we feel as, as if sin has overcome us? Now, it's like I feel like I'm just pouting. The revelation says, like, and I heard a loud voice in heaven. Verse 10. Saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And this is what it says. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they, and they loved not their lives even unto death. What does that mean, Pastor Bible? The first thing is the blood is enough. Sam, he said the blood's enough. The blood enough. They, and they've conquered him by the blood of the lamb. You know, there's... I just remember as before I became a Christian, my grandmother said, you know what? When you get afraid, when you get scared, plead the blood of Jesus over you. I didn't know what that meant. So when I would get afraid, I remember living in my apartment by myself. And I just start, I just go this. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Of, I'd be drunk in a high state or whatever it was. And I was, I was afraid. And I can remember just pleading the blood. And I remember sensing the spirit, the presence of God coming in the room. But I didn't know how to. Make that change. Is that, is that, you understand me? How many of you ever experienced God's presence before you even became a Christian? Or you felt something. That there was something that was drawing you. There was something going on inside your soul. You see, you know, there, there's, you know, if you know anything about 
in the Old Testament about the death angel, how what happened is the children of Israel in Exodus 12, what they would do is they, they, they were told as they were going to be delivered from Egypt to go into the promised land through Moses, they said they were going to have to put the blood of a lamb on the doorpost of their homes. And they would do it. And actually, if you look at the way they were doing it, it was actually the sign of a cross. What was going to come? And what happens is actually a story about a guy named, we'll just say him, Smith and Brown. Is that all right? A Boudreaux and Thibodeau. And what happens is the angel of death is preparing to pass and to kill the firstborn of every, if you had livestock, if you didn't have it, if you had children, wherever the firstborn, I was the firstborn in my family. So it was important that they put blood on the post if I was living in that time. Do you understand me? How many firstborns we got? Thank God. I mean, you know, so what happened is, you, you, and so what happened is the angel of death is preparing to pass and, and the, the firstborn was going to be taken if they had not painted the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the home. So Smith asked Brown, he says, are you scared that you're going to lose your son? And Brown, but I'm nervous. I, I, I didn't paint enough blood, maybe. Hopefully I, hopefully I put enough. And Brown asked Smith, are, are you scared that you may lose your son? Bring it on. Bring it on. I trust the promises of God. And we know the story, the night, that night, if you watch Cecil B. DeMille's Moses, you know, it's not like the little eerie, like, green thing going through the neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was on last night, if you didn't know. And, and it wasn't like, like a mist. Ooh, and that weird music. And you're, what? I'm sure there were screams. But what happened, the night that death angel passed through the land, they lost it. One, one had a lot of faith, and the other one had not so much faith. Death doesn't pass over us because we have a lot of faith or we followed all the rules. Death passes over us because the blood of the lamb. What do you mean, Pastor? The blood of the lamb silences the accuser. See, the enemy was coming and he couldn't do nothing because there was the power of the blood over the doorpost of the house. You imagine that the enemy comes and he sees that you've been bought and purchased by the blood of the lamb. And what he has to do, he has to pass. He can't touch you. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? See, I believe this. You know, it's not the intensity of our faith, but it's the object of our faith that saves us. That we look at him and see, you can pray 100 words or you can pray 10,000 words. And the grace that he offered to you today is still the same. You see, Colossians says, like, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him... To reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, God brought forgiveness. God brings reconciliation. God brings power that the enemy cannot touch your life without God's permission. Why? Because you've been purchased by the blood. The enemy has to pass by. The second thing is, is this, you know what, and by... And by the word of their testimony. I look back. I I just got to say it. I have a testimony. It means that I've had some tests in life. And I can tell a story about some of the things I've experienced. How about you? I remember before I knew the Lord. You know my story. Most of you, my grandmother was a praying grandmother, prayed for me. And, you know, and I came to a point in my life where I just realized I was miserable. I was, you know, I was trying to fill my life, the void and the emptiness from a broken home. And, and from just things that I saw and things that I experienced and just things that I got caught at. 
And I remember saying, you know what? Drugs hasn't brought fulfilled the emptiness. Alcohol hasn't brought it. Girls haven't brought it. And you know what? All those things, you know, they haven't brought what I'm looking for. Money couldn't bring what I was looking for. Then it came a point where I cried out to God and said, God, if you're real, whatever it takes, show me. How many of that's a dangerous prayer? And God began to show me. I mean, God even showed up at a rock concert and began to open my eyes. And I came back that, at, that night and just began to, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, there was a guy at three o'clock in the morning talking about Jesus. You know, it's a bad preacher. If he's on at three o'clock. And what happens is, is that, you know, what? Like I come to this point and, I, and through circumstances and I come and then my pastor, Pastor Jacob, ended up leading me to the Lord. And he began to share with me about the gospel. And, and you know, and, it's like, and he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and to cleanse us. And I said, man, I need a lot of scrubbing. I need a lot of cleansing. And I remember just praying and God came and he just, I just I literally felt him because I was living my life by feelings. And all of a sudden I felt the power of God just surge through my physical body. And Pastor Jake said, Bubba, God's got a gift for you. And I said, brother, if God got a gift for me, I want it. And, if I got, and, I, and he said, he wants to give you the power of his spirit. All you got to do is ask and ask. And God came. You know what? That was on May 15th, 1980. That's a long time ago. But, you know, what do you say, Pastor? You know, I I just love it. There's a lady at our church in Crowley, at our Crowley campus. Her name is Miss Brenda. And every time I come to the Crowley church, she tells me, this is my 28th week to be at this church. 28 weeks I've I've known the Lord. And she, you know what, if you know anything about her, she, she lost her daughter to cancer. And after she lost her daughter to cancer, she goes into deep depression. And she, she's convinced she's never going to see the sun. She's never going to have joy in her life ever again because she lost the daughter that she had. And what happened is, you know, and she, so she researches and she begins to realize, you know, if I mix enough alcohol and I take enough pills, I'll, I'll just slip in and I'll just die. And, and, and all my sorrows will be gone because I can't live on this earth anymore. As much depression and oppression and as much sorrow and grief that I have. And then last minute decision, she goes to the Crowley campus. It just so happens she gets saved. She gets baptized, and she, now she serves on the dream team. Well, I'm not done. Still, and she still tells Pastor Zach, she goes, I just don't know if I'll ever have joy again. You don't understand what I battle. Even though I've given my life to the Lord, I'm still battling some stuff. I mean, you know, even if you give your life to the Lord, you may have a battle. But can I, we need to be like athletes. In order for us to be able to face battle, we need to be training. Come on. So when the battle comes, we know what to do. And what happens is, and you know what, she says, I just don't know if I'll ever see. So what happens, her internet goes out. For some of us, that might be a blessing. And she, as she, as her internet, the, the Cox cable guy shows up. So, so for the next 45 minutes, Miss Brenda begins to tell her story to the Cox cable guy. Come on, are y'all with me? In disbelief, she calls Pastor Zach, she goes... Hey, I think I'm going to have joy again. I got to share my story. See, she receives a glimmer of joy sharing her story. God has given us, every one of us, a story. Come on. You see, you can't argue with a changed life, can you? 
You see, you don't have, if you don't have a story, chances are you need to have an encounter with the blood of Jesus. You see, 2 Corinthians declares this, true conversion is a changed life. Salvation is a story of death to life. That one time, you know what? I was a walking dead man. But you know what I have in me now? I have the life of Jesus living inside of me. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives inside of me. And that I don't have to base my joy or, on what I'm going through or my feelings or what I experience. See, I believe that 2 Corinthians, he says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know what? The old Bubba tries to have a resurrection sometimes sometimes i gotta keep him in the grave are you hearing me he wants to come up he wants to pop up hey can i get mad can i get can i say something can i do this y'all pray for me but there's a constant time see i gotta trust god the same god look at me the same god that saved me is the same god that killed my body of cancer the same god I have a story to tell. God saved me. God rescued me. And God also delivered me from cancer. And you know what? I shouldn't even, you know what my story is? I shouldn't be here today. But there's a dead man talking to you. You see, Corinthians says, are y'all with me? Come on, is it just early this morning? Some of y'all, I can see some of y'all go, oh, Lord Jesus. Daylight savings time, finally catching up. Second Corinthians says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Did you hear what he said? Not counting. You know, it's not like God's going, you know what? 535 times they have used my name in vain. 600 and you know what I mean? And it's not about how many times you've come to church. You know, it's like, whoa, two weeks in a row. So what? You know, when's the last time you just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up every morning for two weeks in a row and say, God, you are good. And I thank you. I'm not going to live by my feelings today, but God, thank you for just giving me son, giving me breath, giving me the opportunity. Thank you for giving me a home. Thank you for giving me a car, even though it needs resurrection sometimes. God, thank you. And he says this, he says, he says, he says, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? They're a representative of, of, of a country, of a place. Of Christ. For Christ. God making us appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. I want you to notice two things right here. When Jesus saves you, he doesn't hold your past against you. Are you glad about that? Come on. You see, some of us are trying to hold on to our past. See, the enemy said, well, you know, I know you had an experience, but what about that past? Come on, girl. We know what you was like. That's where you just got to throw it right back in his face. Yeah, that's what I used to be like. But there was a death that took place. I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm no measure. I'm no longer measured by your thoughts and what you tell me. I'm measured by what the word of God tells me. I've been reconciled. I've been forgiven. I'm set free. The old has passed away. Behold, look what God has done new in my life. You know, but the second thing, Jesus saves you so you can tell your story. So that someone else can have a story. 
You know, the only reason I'm here today is because I heard stories of people giving their lives to Jesus. You know, what can, I, what can we learn from this? I thank you for your questions. When you share your story with others, don't hold, don't hold their messy past against them because God forgave you of yours. Hello. It's starting to rain. That means God's rain's coming. You see, when you share your story, freedom is released. What do you mean, Pastor Buck? Because it declares the old's dead. That's no longer me anymore. And the new has come. I remember a while back, uh, we, were, we were doing like a Valentine's thing, and we'd taken a bunch of couples from the church to Zia's and Lafayette. And my old principal, Miss Miss Jumaville, was there. And, and she just looks at everybody in the crowd, and she's going, oh, Bob. And I drove that lady crazy, literally, at Our Lady of Fatima. And I remember she just looked at me, and she looked at the crowd. She goes, I cannot believe. Y'all just don't know. I can't believe he's a pastor, and he's your pastor. My God, help all of y'all. And she goes, because you know what? For him to be doing what he's doing, that's got to be God. Guess what? God's the one that changes things. You don't have to be like me. God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. And if you're, you know what? And I believe this. You can get it. You can take off those grave clothes and begin to wear the grace clothes God wants for your life. And the third and final point, even death can't take away Easter. What do you mean, Pat? For they love not their lives unto death. I want you to look at two different ways. The first way is you will never know the power of the blood until you're willing to die to yourself. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? See, Matthew says, like, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Galatians says it like this. Now, those who have been belong, uh, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. In other words, I give those passions and those desires, those things that used to drive me, those things that used to control me, those things that, you know, I thought, you know, that I had the power over, but I tried my best and I could never get the grip of having power over those things in my life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And I, I can remember just saying, I want to be a better person. I want to change, but I tried and I couldn't do it. I remember my dad trying to kick the cigarette habit, habit. And man, he was smoking. And one day he just like threw the cigarette down, cussed the cigarette out. And he didn't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of blanking and blank. And I go, wow, dad, okay, you're tired of it. I can tell. <laughs> but you know what? All of us can try to better ourselves. Hello. But you know what? I, I learned this. When everything I tried to do was my best and I couldn't better myself. And all of a sudden, because I couldn't better myself, I became guilty. I, became, I felt shame and I began to blame other people for my conditions and my circumstances. And all of a sudden, my identity, I didn't even know who I was anymore. Then all of a sudden, just like Adam and Eve in the garden, when God came looking for them, he goes, where are you? I'm naked. How don't we always have an excuse? You imagine how, how foolish Adam and Eve looked? Fig leaves over the most sensitive parts of their body? Come on. You ever felt the fig leaf lately? It's not the smoothest leaf in the world. 
And it's over the most sensitive parts of your body. And God, you know, and then God, we know that God took those fig leaves away and he dressed them himself. It's the same way God takes away the foolish things of this world, the things that we try to cover ourselves behind and how ridiculous we look. But yet God comes and he goes, hey, wait a minute. Let me put my grace clothes on you. My grace clothes that cover you. My grace clothes that I don't look at that. But we know that in order to to clothe them, he had to shed blood for them, even with the animal. There's so many scriptures throughout the Bible that declare you're not that you will not overcome until you're willing to die. What does that mean, Pastor? To many of us, desire and comfort and convenience. We'd rather that than to live how God wants us to live. You know, it's amazing. Look at me. I want you to, and I'm going to close right here. Isn't it amazing? One of the greatest things in our society today is mixed up identity. Who we really are. It's mixed up identity. What do you mean, Pastor? But God says who you are. You're loved. You're beloved. He wants to take the old. He wants to take excuses. He wants to give you power in your life. See, don't miss this. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. And the third thing is learning to die to ourselves. Hello. You see, the second thing, death, pain, and suffering will show its face. But it cannot blot out what happened on Easter. See, the cross and the resurrection will never, over, will never be overcome just because you don't feel Jesus. Listen to me. If you're basing your life on feelings, can I just give you a hint? Feelings come and they go. How many of you have been married more than 10 years? Okay. Have the feelings always been there? Okay. Thank you all for being so honest and loud this morning. Have the feelings always been there? No. Some days... Some days you roll around and they got bad breath. And the feelings sure leave you. Some days the children are, are, are you know, are just overboard. And, and, and your husband don't want to get up because he's acting like he can't hear them. I went through those stages. I feel confession coming on. Maybe you blew it. Or maybe you've blown it. Easter is enough. What do you mean? Satan will come destroy, but the blood is enough. Satan may come to condemn, but he cannot take away your story. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Look at me, and let me just close right here. And I know I'm freaking the camera out. Every one of us are going to have a day that we face our own judgment. I mean, you know that. We're going to face judgment. We're going to have to give account why we did what we did and who we did that far. And it's going to come a point where the enemy is going to come. Remember, he's the accuser of the brothers, or the brethren. That means sisters too. And he's going to come, and he's going to have his file. And he's going to go, hey, Bubba McCann. Whoa, we've been waiting for you, buddy. And everything he's going to say that I've done is going to be true. On such and such a day, at 1032, he started, we started tempting you. And you gave in. Ha! You clicked where you shouldn't have clicked. You watched what you shouldn't have watched. Oh, that day, you were mean to your girlfriend. And she slapped you. You wanted to slap back. So you hit the car, broke the windshield. It could go down. 
you go, really? You didn't? No, that didn't happen. And it's all going to be true. But you know what? I'm going to love it when my defense attorney shows up. Because guess what? I trusted him. It'll be 36 years in May. He's going to come out the side door and he goes, hey, wait, hold on. Father, all this evidence is true. It's a fact. It's been recorded, well documented. It's true. However, on May 15th, 1980, my blood erased all of this. Today, he stands forgiven, whole, set free. The old is gone. Behold the new because of my blood. And Lord, you know he told a story. He told your story. And not only that, every time that that old person wanted to rise up inside of of them, they said no, and they died to themselves. Look at me. You're going to have a day. The Bible says if we deny him before men here on earth, that one day he'll deny us before his father in heaven. Is that to scare you? No. That's to go, wait a minute, God. How can I go on and live the way I'm living and yet expect to walk in eternity with God? Here it is. The question I have to ask you, and I'm done, I promise. Are you living a life that is pleasing to God? Because see, he came to give you power. He came to give you freedom. And sometimes we think, well, if I give my life to the Lord, then I don't get to do this. It's not about what you don't get to do. It's about what you get to do. And then you actually have a choice. I don't need to do that. I don't need that anymore. I mean, I got other things. I can be real. I don't have to put on a mask anymore. I can just be who I am and who God made me to be. Amen. Thank God for the blood. Thank God that every one of us can have a story. And thank God that we have a choice. We can die, we can deny ourselves of selfish, stinking living. Amen. You know, when I share this scripture, it's the very scripture that God gave me when I found out I had cancer. God, I'm gonna overcome by your blood. God, give me a story. Lord, let me deny all the emotions and all the feelings and all and, and giving in and not having faith to believe that you can do something incredible. Can I just look at me? I shouldn't be here this morning if I'd believe doctor's reports. Are you hearing me? I shouldn't be here. I should be in heaven looking down and going, ah, I finally found out what you was up to. No. God's going to cover that. You know what? I'd be up in heaven praying you on. I would want to be one of the one in the crowd just cheering you on. Come on, you can do it. Trust him. He's awesome. He wants to help you. God loves you. He's proven it by his blood. He had a story, but he's given you a story. And some of you are sitting there, well, Pastor, my story's just not too exciting. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be all the drama. Listen, I'm a, I, I, I live by drama. Come on. My wife always tells me, Bubba, you just drama waiting to happen, boy. 
It's true. But some of you, you didn't have to be bad. It's about just saying, God, I trust you. Because look at me, religion can't do it for you. How many weeks you show up in a row can't do it for you. But I've learned this. If you trust the Son of God, Jesus, He can do it through you and for you. And then you can have a personal, intimate relationship with Him. And you'll never be the same. Amen? And because of that, you can have joy. The Bible says it's just unspeakable. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Father, for all that you're wanting to do in in every person's life here this morning. Lord, we thank you that we have a story. That, God, that we can be overcomers because of the blood of the Lamb. Because, God, we know the story of your love for us. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor Baba, I'm I'm not where I need to be. But I don't want to be there anymore. I need the blood applied to my sins, to my selfishness. I don't want to go on and keep on living the same way. You know, the definition of insanity is you keep doing the same thing, but you expect different results. But here, let me just encourage you this morning. Here's the opportunity you have. This morning, you can go, Father, I want to serve you for the rest of my days. I need to trust you. I want to give my heart 100% to you. No one looking around. You say, Pastor Baba, that's me. I want to trust God from this day forward to love him, to honor him, to be a blessing. I need his blood applied to my life. I want that story. I want the power to be able to say no to things that I've always just given into. That's me, Pastor Baba. Would you pray for me? I want to give my life and trust him with all of my heart this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg. Anyone else? Thank you. If you prayed this prayer, just pray this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody. Just pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe on the cross. You took my guilt my sin and my shame. You died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth and a relationship with you. Today I turn away from my sin to be born again and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap that prayed this prayer.